Welcome to the first episode of Saha Language Lab, the podcast-slash-language course designed for beginners. I'm your host, Eleonora. This podcast is specifically made for Saha language learners with the fundamentals they need to start learning the Saha language. If you are listening to this podcast, then you're certainly interested in learning more about this wonderful language and would like to speak it. Throughout the episodes, I will introduce you to the essential aspects of Saha, from its alphabet and sounds to its grammar and vocabulary. I will also guide you through pronunciation exercises, teach you common phrases, and share cultural facts that will deepen your understanding of the language. I'm not here to bore you with dry lectures. You can expect an informal, friendly tone throughout all episodes. I want you to feel like you're part of a community of language explorers embarking on this adventure together. In this particular episode, I will explain the reasons why studying Saha is important and provide essential introductory information about the Saha language, which you need to know before you start learning it. So, let's begin our exciting journey into the world of Saha. Disclaimer. Please note that I'm not a professional linguist, and while I strive to provide accurate information, I may make mistakes along the way. Listeners should be aware of this and approach their content with an open mind, understanding that language learning is a continuous process of growth and improvement. Just to clarify, many people are confused about the terms Yakut and Saha. There are different theories on this topic, but it is generally believed that Saha is the traditional self-name of the indigenous people of the Saha-Yakutia region, while the name Yakut comes from the Ivanki language. The Russians arriving in the 17th century adopted the Ivanki word for the local population. Thus, we have two terms, Saha and Yakut, to refer to the people and language. Basically, they are two different names for the same language and people. In future episodes, I will mostly use the term Saha in order not to confuse you. Plus, it's the original name of the language and people. The Saha language in Saha is Sahatula. I know some people pronounce it as Saka, but the proper pronunciation is Saha. A little bit about myself. Again, my name is Eleonora. I'm from Yakutsk, which is the capital of the Republic of Saha Yakutia. I am Saha, and Saha is my native language. I also speak Russian and English. I graduated from the Northeastern Federal University with my degree in philology. I chose that field of study because I've always been interested in languages and their historical development. Trust me, you'll learn more about me in future episodes. So, why did I create this podcast? Just like I mentioned earlier, even though I'm a native Saha speaker, there are still grammar aspects I'm not familiar with. So, this podcast will be helpful for both of us. You will learn to speak Saha, and I will gain a deeper understanding of my own native language. I also created this podcast because... I know that there are some people who would like to learn Saha, but 
they don't have enough learning resources out there. So here I am to assist you with that. Another question is why learn the Saha language? Learning Saha can be a rewarding and enriching experience for several reasons. Number one, cultural appreciation. Learning Saha provides a deeper understanding of the Saha people's culture, history, literature, music, and way of life. Number two, improved communication. If you plan to visit the Saha Republic, knowing the language can facilitate meaningful interactions and communication with local people. Three, personal growth. Learning Saha challenges your cognitive abilities, expands your horizons, and boosts your self-confidence while also presenting an exciting linguistic challenge. You can consider yourself cool if you master this awesome and complex language. And number four, preservation of endangered languages. By studying Saha and supporting its use, you contribute to the preservation and revitalization of this endangered language, ensuring the continuity of Saha culture for future generations. Hopefully, I've given enough arguments to motivate you to start learning Saha. Let us move on to a brief overview of the language itself, so that you have a better idea of the language. According to the classification of Swedish Turkologist and linguist, Lars Johansson, Saha, also known as Yakut, is a Turkic language that belongs to the Siberian-Turkic branch, specifically the North Siberian group, which also includes the Dalgan language. Saha, alongside Russian, is the official language of the Saha Republic, which is a federal subject of Russia. The Saha Republic is the largest autonomous republic in the Russian Federation, covering nearly more than 3 million square kilometers or 1 million square miles. It is only slightly smaller than the whole country of India. However, despite its vast territory, the population density in Yakutia is low. The estimated population of the Saha Republic is around 1 million people. Saha is spoken by approximately 500,000 people, mostly in the Saha Republic as well as in other parts of Russia, and also by some Saha people who live abroad. The Saha language has a rich oral tradition, with many epic poems and folk tales that have been passed down through generations. The most famous form of epic poetry, Olonkho, was recognized as part of humanity's oral and intangible heritage by UNESCO in 1997. Olonkho has many unique forms of verse and tells stories of the Saha people's history, legends, and myths. The most well-known Olonkho is Nyurgunbotro the Swift, containing over 36,000 verses. Saha is notable for having a very complex system of vowel harmony, where the vowels and words must agree in terms of frontness, backness, and roundedness. This vowel harmony rule ensures that the vowels in a word sound good together and create a harmonious pattern. Saha is also notable for having a large number of loan words from Russian, which entered the language after Yakutia became part of Russia, as well as from other languages such as Mongolian, Evenki, and Evan. An interesting fact is that quite a lot of Russian loanwords mostly relate to education, technology, and modern life, and they are usually adapted according to the norms of Saha phonetics, 
specifically the rule of vowel harmony. Compare the following Russian words and their Saha versions. Shkola, school, oskola, gorat, city, kuarat, kniga, book, kniga. So, if you speak Russian, then it might be easier for you to memorize some Saha words. Like all Turkic languages, Saha has a language feature called agglutination. It means that you can add extra parts to a word in a clear and organized way to show different grammar functions. This helps create longer and more detailed words with specific meanings, like showing possession, if something happened in the past, or will happen in the future. Agglutination is like building with blocks, where you attach different pieces to create new words with more information. Which brings us to the next point. Due to agglutination, Saha has really long words, with some words consisting of up to 20 letters. The longest word in Saha consists of 29 letters. Not sure if I can pronounce it, but I will give it a try. One, two, three. It is a verb which can be literally translated as it would be better not to use big pitchforks. We'll talk more about agglutination in future episodes. Unlike other Turkic languages, Saha doesn't have genitive and locative cases. However, it has a case system that includes nominative, dative, accusative, instrumental, commutative, ablative, partitive, and two comparative cases. Don't worry, guys. If these words don't make any sense to you right now, it's totally fine. We'll figure everything out in the upcoming episodes. The basic word order in Saha is subject, object, verb. So, the verb in most cases comes at the end of the sentence. For example, the sentence, the girl reads a book, can be literally translated as the girl a book reads. The good news is that nouns don't have different genders. You don't have to remember whether a thing is masculine or feminine, like you do in European languages. We also don't have any articles in Saha, which makes our lives much easier. And last but not least, the Saha language grammar is very regular. You learn a rule, and there are usually no exceptions. And that brings us to the end of the first episode of Saha Language Lab podcast. I hope the information I've given you about Saha was useful and that I've motivated you enough to start learning Saha. In the next episode, I will introduce you to the Saha alphabet letter by letter, exploring their sounds and providing examples to help you grasp their pronunciation. We will cover both the consonants and vowels, unlocking the keys to reading and writing in Saha. See you in the next episode. Bye!